And once again, without a net, <laughs> live before your very eyes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a completely, nearly unscripted episode of LocoCast.net, episode 9. I'm your host, Rick Harding, here with the amazing, ever-ready-for-the-holidays, Craig Maloney. How are we doing, Craig? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, ever-ready-for-the-holidays. Yeah, that's a good one. Call the other one. <laughs> so, shall we start with events, then? I see that you, you scripted that part. Uh, yes, uh, in the in the United States, uh, we're coming up upon Thanksgiving Christmas season. Uh, they're, they've been pretty much combined into one holiday because of the compression of the end of the year that happens. Uh, so, I don't know. There's, I mean, Code Mash is coming up in, in January, but that's like next year. So, <laughs> it's not even on the radar. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, no, the holidays are definitely coming, and that's why I'm floored. We actually managed to get another local cast before the end of the year. Uh, <laughs> um, wife was out making pre-making her pie crust tonight. So, um, although I have to say, yeah, you know, yay holidays for some good yum yums. Yes, definitely. Uh, my wife and her sister were confabbing about all of the wonderful things. We went grocery shopping and uh, cleaned out the mire. Uh, so we have lots and lots of goodies that are going to be, uh, turned into awesome family goodness. So, um, due to the holidays, all of you get the lovely opportunity to suffer because we did not get all of our nice scripting and notes and stuff together. You don't (laughs) say that you didn't prepare. (laughs) Until the last 10 minutes where we actually like, hey, what links do you have that might be interesting? (laughs) So, since we are don't try this at home. <laughs> since we are an Ubuntu-ish, loco-centric type podcast, we figured we'd start with some notes on that. So, so first up, what do we got? We have something about updates to the paper cuts project. Yay! Thank God for no more paper cuts. I know. You know what? So I I really like this though because you know what the uh, I don't know if you watched any of the presentation stuff at the uh, UDS. But the, the little ice cream video, I don't know if you heard about this part where they gave everyone ice cream and then said that there was a fly in someone's ice cream. They're like, oh, this is going to be such great, beautiful, this marvelous yum, 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 yum ice cream. And then after they start to kind of get it right up to their mouth, he's like, but there's a fly in one of your ice creams. Uh, the point being is that just one little fly in the in the beauty that is, you know, the next Ubuntu release, Natty Narwhal, could really cause everyone to second guess and, and hesitate to loving up on their ice cream. Or go onto the blog of blogosphere and start bitching wildly about that one particular fly that was in their ice cream. That's 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 definitely plausible. And so <laughs> I love the Hunter Paper Cuts project though, because that's exactly the kind of things that 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 we're talking about here. These small little just little annoyances, even. I mean, we're not talking about major bugs or things, but things that you know that if little things that just annoy, that just aren't quite right. And um, what's great is that they. I've opened up the paper cuts, you know, the bugs that are, are apply, or, or I don't know what the, 
applicable to paper cuts now are opened up to any featured application, not just the default applications that are in uh, Ubuntu. So That's I'm, pretty huge because, it, generally speaking, it's not necessarily the stuff that ships. It's the stuff that you add afterward that starts acting a little wonky. Yeah, no, definitely. So, you know, they're they're definitely focusing on, on getting these applications and the little things, you know, knocked out, smoothed out, and just, you know, made to be better. So uh, if you guys are into that at all, make sure to check out the 100 Paper Cuts uh, wiki and uh, the bugs that are in Launchpad that are tagged Paper Cut, I think, aren't they Paper Cut? I think that's what they're tagged. I'm not sure offhand. But yeah, it's a it's a definitely worthwhile project, and and just those little small things that uh, can help make a big difference. So we got a hundred more to do for this uh, cycle. Let's get a hundred of them in and a hundred of them fixed. And stop putting lemon juice on them. Ouch. So let's take an Ubuntu break. Uh, the big news, of course, this week is that Novell was bought. Ooh. Yay. Is this the dark hand of Microsoft pulling oh, strings? Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, in all honesty, if, if the stuff was that valuable, you know what? I think someone else would have come up and bought them long ago to be like, you know what? We need to secure this. Well, the thing is that I'm finding funny is... is Everyone seems to be thinking along the same lines, or at least all the people that are, I'm reading on Twitter and such, that somehow Microsoft is behind it. And I read an article on Computer World, and I'll put a link to it in the show notes, that uh, someone is making the link that it's not really Attachmate that's buying Novell. It's somehow Microsoft is funding the deal. And it's like, you know, I'm, I'm wondering where it, the line between FOSS advocate and conspiracy theorist was was brought together because it seems like any time that something happens in the OSS world, as far as business is concerned, somehow Microsoft's dark hand is behind all of it. Well, that's usually the case. It's just good assumption to start with, just by default. Oh, of course. You know, when people are out to get you, paranoia is just good thinking. <laughs> no, I mean, on a serious note, though, I, I, find, the, I find it interesting because... Um, you know, Sousa's not exactly they, – they've done some interesting things over the last couple of years. They, they finally turned profitable. Um, their build system, as much as – you know, one of the things that I loved and that sold me on Launchpad originally, uh, even though I wasn't like a big BZR fan, was the ability to, to do your own PPAs, your building of your packages. And, you know, Sousa kind of came out, and while it, it wasn't as popular in the Ubuntu circle, um, I mean, you can build Ubuntu packages on Sousa, and you can also build RPMs. And, and uh, you know, they had a nice little, you know, a couple interesting technological stuff over there that um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it will carry on and, and perhaps, you know, bring them some more attention. Right. And, and I've pulled up OpenZeus on a couple occasions. I mean, every now and then we'll go to uh, Ohio Linux Fest, and I'll pick up a, a DVD or it'll come in a magazine or something like that, and they'll pop it in. And, you know, there's a lot of nice things that happen in OpenZUSA, and I think the competition is definitely good for Ubuntu, for Fedora, for everyone involved with Linux. But it's it's never been to the point where I've wanted to say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm ditching this whole Ubuntu thing, and I'm going OpenZUSA. It's never gotten that far. Yeah, I think, you know, while I, I've tried it a couple times, and, and I, I think uh, once they, you know, stop using RPMs, 
um, would be the first requirement. And I think my other requirement would be to, as much as everyone loves their, um, oh shoot, what's the the editor, not editor, the um, system admin giant. Yes. Once they completely shove Yast up some burning, flaming building, um, <laughs> I, might, I might be interested. And once they adopt a nice wine color and a little black <laughs> trim, it should be all good, right? Yeah, I don't have wine color on this machine right now. I don't know that it'll be a, a requirement going forward. No, I, I, as, as, as cool as that stuff is, it's uh, those have been the two big things that have always annoyed me to death when I go over there. Uh, then again, you know, I was just working with my boss. They were trying to figure out why host name is giving weird, different answers uh, on an, on a, on systems today because it's just things have gotten to be a mess. But uh, I, I definitely, you know, as, as someone who prefers their nice config files over a big GUI clicky control panel any day, um, it's a little bit of a hurdle. But here's hoping that you know what some money goes into it that they're 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 dividing the business off into two parts one being all the old novel stuff that all the big businesses still run i know my work still runs a series of novel file share servers and a ldap box and um but they're splitting that off from the actual like susa linux open sourcey kind of you know side of the business so it'll be curious to see how it goes well, it's amazing too that you know we, when we think of Novell, generally we think of something like you know OpenSUSE or the Mono Project oh. or GNOME and stuff like that. And really, Novell's got their hand in a lot of different pies. I mean, they've got not only the the old Novell file systems and that, but they're also um, had their Groupwise product. Mm-hmm. They have the Unixware uh, patents, which you know. That that it's also part of the conspiracy theory is that you know SCO's going to suddenly, or or Microsoft are going to yeah. be able to suddenly start patent wars and they're cats back with dogs and yeah I mean it's just I, I what are what are your thoughts out there folks in in local cast land because you know honest obviously this is a show that's you know happening pretty much after it's happened in that so more details need to come forward in that but we'd like to hear your thoughts your conspiracy theories if you will stuff that you know what what do you think is going to happen with the novel acquisition is novel going to suddenly fall off of the map i gotta say part of me is tempted to go you know what i don't know if it'd be a bad thing if it just came down to the world of uh you know um you know Red Hat Fedora and uh, Ubuntu, and then you've got your, you know, your other guys that are just hanging around, your Arch Linuxes and your Gen Twos and stuff. So let's get back on some Ubuntu news. Uh, one of the things we're starting to try to, you know, keep tabs on is what's going on with the new Natty Narwhal cycle. You know, what's uh, what's going on between, you know, these these few months before the next release. And well, one is supposed to drop uh, in a couple days on the twenty fifth of November. Oh, so if you're a bug triaging person who doesn't mind your system blowing up and losing all your data and setting fire to all the cats in your house, um, you might go ahead and try the alpha when it comes out. Or try it in a VM like I am planning on doing. <laughs> um, or, or wait wait till a, a couple good betas hit out before you, you know, before you jump on the bandwagon if you're uh, not ready for burning cats in the house. 
One of the uh, things that I'm looking forward to with this cycle is I, I've constantly been on the sidelines, you know, complaining uh, when things happen inside Ubuntu. You know, for like what? we in, who, who in, would do in, that? in Natty Narwhal, we now have stuff like Unity, we have Banshee, and all this other kind of stuff. And I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that. I am making constructive feedback. You know, I'm doing bug reports, I'm doing patches, and that's why I'm going to try and follow this cycle in a VM, make sure that everything is a-okay, try and use it as much as I possibly can, and get it to the point where it's the operating system that I want it to be. Instead of just, you know, coming afterward and, and complaining to our local canonical employees that it's not. <laughs> Come on, George can take it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, George can take it, but, you know, I'd, I'd rather not, you know, have him cringe anytime I open mm. my mouth. Or, you know, oh, by the way, George, wireless doesn't work, you know, or <laughs> some other thing like that. Yeah, no, getting involved, getting involved is the best way. It's it's funny because, uh, you know, during the UDS sessions when they were making the decision about Banshee as a default music player, there was a little bit of up in arms about, you know, that, that this was some kind of, you know, mark mandate. And in reality, Mark wasn't in the room, from what I understand. It was a completely community-driven decision. It was the people at UDS in the room going, hey, which one do you guys like? What do you think? Can we make this happen? So um, getting involved is great. There's, there's definitely still room to make a difference uh, in the Ubuntu community here. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is our opportunity, folks, to make Natty Narwhal uh, the operating system that you want it to be. And uh, sitting by and waiting for RC1 to start, you know, suddenly realizing that such and such isn't the way that you want it to be. It's too late at that point. At the point, as soon as it hits release candidate, it's pretty much, you know, fit, finished, and polished, and you're ready to go. Yeah, or you could just be like me and go, eh, give me a kernel, make sure app gets still on there somewhere, and I'll get everything else I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just want a pretty Debian, don't you? You know what? It's it's Debian with sound that works out of the box. That's basically what Ubuntu is right now. It seems like sometimes <laughs> at least on my on my machine. Uh, but what we did want to bring up in particular because hey, we're local team members. We uh, are hoping that some of you guys are involved in your local teams in your states. And so there's a few things to bring up. Just that there's some goals for the Natty Cycle for the local teams. Is um one, uh, make sure that you're checking out the new and improved Ubuntu local community team directory. And this is at loco.ubuntu.com. It's all purdyized. Um, it has a uh, you know, list for getting to all your teams. It's got great, you know, much, much more information than it had when it first came out. Uh, it's actually much more, you know, much closer to functional. And things are starting to move over here. Things like uh, the contacts and the one you're up for a reapproval and um, a lot of the, uh, the details that were in the wiki pages and such are moving over to this team directory. So make sure you're following that. Make sure you're entering the information for your team in it. And uh, make sure you're getting ready for this cycle. There's going to be, you know, some work on getting some teams reapproved, and uh, making sure that we get things like the team reports and the team scheduled events and stuff up and in there. And make sure that your team's actually doing something because I, I think the the reapproval process. They're looking for more act more activity from teams and such. So make yeah. sure that you're, you know, out there. You know, handing out CDs or, or getting together and doing uh, global jams or whatnot. Yeah, we should get on some of that. You know, yeah, we probably should. <laughs> no, actually, now we... that I think about it. 
Speaking of teams that need to get their stuff in gear before reapproval time, actually, we expire in June of next year, so we, uh, oh, team lead, oh, team lead, Greg, report, report. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, we'll but, you know, again, right? Uh, yeah, definitely. So, but again, another good way to get involved for the Natty Cycle is to get your uh, loco teams into shape and uh, get ready for the new release. So, we kind of faked events earlier, but I wanted to bring up, uh, there are events coming up. There is Code Bash coming up in January, which is sold out and packed up and everything. But if you are going to be there, I'm going to be there, and I'll be giving a talk, actually. So, uh, look for me there. And if you want to get together and uh, have a beverage of choice or something, uh, you know, look me up. And another place that I will be, at least I haven't bought tickets yet, but it basically it's like all but all but signed and approved, is down to PyCon in Atlanta coming up in March. And I'm very excited to go to my first PyCon. I'm just drooling at the idea here. Um, That's going to be awesome. Dude, I am so looking forward to it. I, you know, it's... I got into Python. I fell in love with it. I was like, you know what? I want to do Python for you know my day job. Took me a couple years, but I got a job this year doing Python full time. It's been going well. So you know now I'm gearing up. Like you know what? Let's get involved some more. Let's go to PyCon. I've already got some uh, ideas I want to get involved with in the sprint sessions and stuff. Something I'm gonna go down there for the for a whole week and just Python live it up for a week. And definitely looking forward to heading down to this. So and again, if you're gonna be down to there, let me know. Um, I definitely want to meet up with some people. Um, and your, you know, my chance to travel down and, and, uh, you know, say hi and meet some folks and put some names to some, uh, faces to some names and things. So if you're heading that way, uh, let us know. And if there's anything else going on, you think would be really interesting for us to share with the masses, make sure to send us an email at feedback at lococast.net. Right, so that's going to bring us up to the book segment of the show. And I, you know, I wanted to bring up Craig. You know, I thought it would be really cool if people actually wanted to like record a mini book review kind of thing, like we talk about here, and oh, actually cool. put put some of them together. Like, what books are you guys reading? Uh, you know, I know some of you guys are some Pearl junkies, or you're some PHP junkies, or um, just junkie junkies. Yeah, I guess so. You could be just be a you know, tech junkie junkie. I guess. Um, no reviews you know, of Naked Lunch, though, please. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, please. What's the uh, what's the current thing about um, the prayers or something or? Oh shoot! What? <laughs> no, there's a there's some they were they were joking about it on uh, the Big Bang Theory the other day. Um, uh, something about prayers, like uh, I don't know. It's some huge bestseller thing, and I'm like, yeah, we don't Eat, pray love. Yes, that's okay. the ticket. Yeah, so you know we don't need reviews of that. Please, thank you. We are a tech show of sorts. Um, book club. Yeah, and if you you know anything uh, you know .dot net related, you might get made fun of. Sorry, I hate to break it to you. you. Will get made fun of. Jay. 
All right, Craig has made it a guarantee. But no, I'm, I think it'd be kind of cool to put together, uh, I don't know, about a mini show or part of a show or what, where we get some uh, get some people talking about some of the books that they read. Uh, just record something kind of short, a uh, couple minutes max, um, and uh, put it up somewhere where we can get access to it. We'll pull it down and try to put it in the show. Uh, I'd really love to see if we can get some of that together. But what have you been reading, Craig? Anything interesting? Well, I have been on my constant quest to learn JavaScript. And so I went over to the O'Reilly site and found a book called Learning JavaScript. Funny that. A title that announces what it is on the tin. And I've gotten a little far in, a little bit into it. Um, it is a pretty darn good book, I should say. Uh, it's a little over the head of, I would say, the average HTML, CSS uh, developer, quote-unquote. <laughs> uh, but it is definitely something to check out for those who are like myself, you know, who have ignored JavaScript for the longest time because of all the incompatibility between browsers and such. Uh, it's not anything that you can really ignore anymore. So I'm, I'm about one chapter into it. I've, I've been doing a lot more uh, recreational reading. I finished off uh, the second part of the collection of Miles Arendt, uh, part of the Verkozigan series, uh, which I right. mentioned in the previous show. That's a darn good series. I love this series. <laughs> uh, definitely, I would definitely check that one out uh, if you're into that type of stuff. So, what have you been reading, Rick? Um, I I cheated. I I really really wanted my my the book to my fantasy series I've been reading or, or whatever you want to call it, the Robert Jordan Wheel of Time series book came out. However, they had no Kindle edition. It was either hardcover or they had the option of audiobook. And I decided, you know what? I listened to a lot of podcasts. Hey, oh, I'm no, you making, didn't. Making one here. I said, let's try that. I'm curious. I want to see if I can read a book in audio, you know, in audio book form or whatever. And so there's an audio, uh, an audible.com app for the uh, Android phone. And I, you know, got that and grabbed the, the book as my first. And I actually went through it over the, like the last week or so. Um, I realized and? it's. It's interesting. Um, it, uh, you know, I have the baby, and a lot of times I would put it, uh, hook it up to like the little boombox, and pl- have the book playing while I was, you know, hanging out with the the boy playing on the floor and stuff. And I actually, you know, listened to a lot of the book that way. Um, I realized a couple of things. Uh, one, it's very slow. Um, these books, when they come out, I tend to sit down and read them inside of a twenty four hour period, and and it's done. Um, it's good that I do it that way because otherwise I can't get it out of my brain and I get really stuck on like trying to listen every single every minute, you know. So yeah. the fa- the faster I finish a lot of these like fun books, the better because otherwise they kind of tend to consume my time and and mind a lot. So uh, it, for for it to take more than a week or whatever to get through the whole thing was kind of a little bit of a pain because um, you just they're talking you can't exactly go yell at them faster slave faster. You know? <laughs> Um, and I tried speeding up a little bit, but the, the voices get really can get off. And so, but it was interesting. I, I'm, I'm tempted not to cancel my, my, you know, subscription. Um, I like the idea that, you know, you get like a book a month kind of thing and it would, you know, kind of set aside one fun book a month. But, uh, I don't Why know you yet. You mentioned that though. Cause I, I tried reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, yeah. via audiobook, and, there, there are certain parts of the Lord of the Rings that you don't remember as being as long as they were. <laughs> yeah. And 
you know, when they start talking about son of glowing, son of such and such, and it's like, you know, I want to go over and strangle the person reading it. Yeah, and I, I had a big de- debate going because um, the original author of the series, Robert Jordan, died. And so the last three books are being written by a sub-author using his notes and all this kind of stuff. And this book, the last one was by this new author, and I thought it was good, and I could see some differences in the style and such, but it was, you know, okay, not too bad. Uh, having it read, I don't know if the author just jumped the ship more, and it jumped out how much different, or if it was different just in the listening versus the reading. So I'm not sure, like, where the big difference was, but there was definitely uh a noticeable change of you know tone and everything it seemed between the the old books and the, and this latest one again with the author change I'm hesitant to say it's just the listening to it if it's uh, not just your your inner uh, your inner reader versus the external well, reader right yeah I don't know if it's just like having it read to you makes it come across that much differently or if the author was like you know very he wrote a very different style or, or just I don't know. I don't know where the it's difference English, was. isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Must be it. You know, it was very weird having a female read a book to me, and I've normally just got my own male voice in my head. <laughs> uh, who, who read it, by the way? Do you know offhand? Uh, no, they had they had a male doing the sections where the the chapter was from the point of view of a, of a guy and a female for one. The chapter was from a point of view of a of a of one of the female characters. So okay. uh, I don't have the the names of them off the top of my head here. Okay. But along those lines, I did read some stuff. You know, in paper or Kindle form. I finished the Pulling Strings with Puppet book. Uh, eh, I don't know that I'll be messing with that. I'm definitely going to try to head the chef route, I think, and go poke at that some. Uh, especially with me trying to play with and pick up around Ruby. It seems like there's a lot more Ruby stuff involved uh, in doing chef. There's much more programming kind of stuff involved, which may turn out to be a horrible, horrible thing. But um, the puppet stuff just didn't, I don't know, it just doesn't click for the way my brain works or something. I reading through it just i'm not that interested to go jumping into a big puppet project yeah um, puppet's a little strange from our, my limited experience with it yeah um the other thing is i'm well like three quarters of the way through is a book uh, javascript patterns it's a uh, new book i believe it's o'reilly i have to I look think up it again. is yeah um and it's uh it's pretty good it's it's not bad it's definitely not for the beginner um it basically assumes that you know javascript and goes into as you might imagine a whole section on like design patterns but also a lot of like common just usage patterns you know things that you'll run into in organizing the code and and validating the code and and stuff like that so um it's a pretty good it's like a more i consider it more of a, a more fleshed out version of javascript the good stuff in a lot That's of what ways. I was going to ask you if it was how to compare with JavaScript the good parts. It's I think I think it, it basically takes like a lot of the stuff that's in there and kind of fleshes it out more with some more like you know like for instance it goes through a, a bunch of different ways to like say hey let's let's decide how we're going to handle you know object inheritance and here's the different ways and here how it would look at each way and um it's, so it's it's a little bit longer and uh, you know I think it's just I don't know more fleshed out so I'll I'll finish that up and see you know how it how it ends up. Um, so the design pattern section was kind of interesting just because I've read a lot of design pattern stuff as I try to, you know, figure out this whole development stuff since I've been teaching it to myself for the last five years or whatever. And so it's interesting always to see, like, the design pattern, you know, when you go, like, when I went from PHP into Python and uh, JavaScript and, you know, just how the various languages deal with the different, the various patterns involved. Fun stuff. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of fun. And then I spent... <laughs> 
an hour and a half last night just perusing various Amazon books on design and um, oh, what's web design for developers? Uh, well, I mean, not even just that, but just uh, you know, typography, um, the non-design, the non-designers, oh, typography. What's the best yeah. way to say that? Typography. I think you were. Yeah, when, I, when you said typography, I'm like, what are you doing with maps? Yeah, no, no, I'm <laughs> more like the the text, characters, fonts, and things. Um, I'm thinking about picking up the psychology of everyday things. Just, just stuff that's kind of you know, I don't know, designish stuff. I actually ended up ordering the book um, "Forms at Work" because uh, work we do a lot of survey stuff, and surveys are HTML forms when it comes down to it. And so I want to, you know, we're working on doing some redesigning of some some of the application stuff. And it's like while we're redesigning the back end, I'm curious to see how much I can learn and pick up and possibly improve the the front end user experience to help us. Obviously, the the more attractive, easier to manage and stuff the survey front ends are on the websites, then the the better results we get from our survey, uh, you know, uh, tests and stuff. So. Well, it's the easier of, it is for people to actually fill out the damn form, the better. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. A lot of that UI usability stuff. So I'm kind of got this little, this little kick going about trying to figure out some of this usability design side of the coin of things. I just can't seem to get myself to like narrow down and just be an expert in something. <laughs> I refuse to be good at anything. I just want to suck at it all equally. I just want to be a Swiss Army knife. That's all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Anything else you got, man? I'm thinking I would like to go to bed early. Well, the only thing I can think of is that um, I've been to some of the bookstores uh, around the area. Uh-oh. And people are talking, once again, about getting ebooks and that. And... Oh! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Stuff like, you know, that over at Barnes & Noble where they're talking about the Nook and the Nook color and such. And... Uh. <laughs> so it's it's Christmas time. It's definitely the time when everyone's going to be going out there and once again making it the season of the ebook. So, and if you have in mind to get me an ebook of any sort, Amazon just had a new feature where you can now gift ebooks to people. Oh, really? So, yes, it was a giant pain. I gave my father-in-law my old Kindle. When I got the new one, and what we wanted to do was we wanted to get him his first book on it, so it'd be ready to go when he got it. But because we had to change it over to his Amazon account, which I didn't have access to, I couldn't pre-populate an initial book for him to read. Oh, that's interesting. So now you can actually, when you when you're browsing the Kindle books on the website, rather than um, like buy it now and send to my device, you can actually buy it now and gift to somebody else by their email address. And that could be very interesting and very bad at the same time. <laughs> as long as it's my email address, go, go, go. Uh, no, <laughs> no, but um, what's interesting is that they don't require the person to have a Kindle. Because okay. you have the Kindle app for PC and for your various iPad and devices and things. Um, they don't actually require a Kindle device itself in order to gift a book. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um I don't know that I would want one without the Kindle, but since I have one, uh, I have a whole wish list of books if anyone wants to go click send to Rick. Does it actually download automatically? Um, I'm not sure how it works because I, I haven't tried it. And because there is a note somewhere that if you already have the book or don't like it, that you can kind of return it and pick something else of equal value. Okay. And so I would assume that it would be like an email like, hey, you've been given this book. 
you know, would, would you like to go fetch it or not kind of thing? I'm assuming. Um, but I haven't tried. I should actually do is go, go make my wife buy me a book tonight and um, see how it works out. Yeah, because I, I wonder if something could happen where, you know, if, if someone that you're not, you know, particularly fond of or something like that decides to pick you out, you know, every one of Oprah's uh, book picks of, of <laughs> past, you know, 15 yeah. years or whatever and send them to your Kindle automatically. Well, if they want, they want that on their credit card. I mean, yeah, I mean there's, <laughs> there's got to be a few gems in there that I might want to read. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be an expensive per page red ratio, but hey. No kidding. Um, but yeah, so no, you're right. With uh, It's a good thing to bring up with the holidays here, and since we do our book segment and we love our reading, um, something to keep in mind. Uh, gift books and gift readers. I know I've got to go order a couple for people this year. Cool stuff. So with that, I think we will bring this episode of Let's Just Wing It by the Seat of Our Britches LocoCast to an end. Hopefully we will do a much better job next time for you guys, and we will see you later on. Take it easy. <laughs>